Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Randy? I am doing fabulous. And you know what? I wanted to ask you a question. So my question today is, do you think you will ever compete again? Um, that's an interesting question. Hmm. It probably depends on how serious you mean for, for competition. Like, I'm sure that I'll do jammers and other just fun competitions where I pick up partners and just go spawn and it's all about having fun and not worrying about how I finish. Not sure if I'll ever get serious partners and practice for months and then go to Worlds or some other big tournaments with an expectation of placing or finishing or winning. So yeah, there you go. So I was curious, you know, where your head was at. So I had a feeling that is what you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So who do we have on the docket for today? Well, today we are going to finish up our conversation with Cray Van Sickle, and we're going to talk about what is freestyle today and what it was and what it could be. So enjoy. The current state of the sport is, in my opinion, a byproduct of the competition and the judging system because it puts it into this little box that you got to check these things. So I think we've barely scratched the surface of where we could go with this object. But because of competition and the judging systems, like if you want to win the tournament, you've got to do these things, which doesn't really reward the areas that you're kind of talking about. So to that point, that was true. That's been true for a very, very long time. And in fact, the routine that Billy King and Kirkland and I created that we won in Boulder and that we actually, I believe, won in the Rose Bowl um, was designed to fit the judging system even that far back. And um, apparently there was some confusion or glitch or something in, in good ways that uh, Evan and uh, Corey um, ended up getting it. But then there were other times after that where it was even more like there was, remember, there was a time when it might have been in the 80s, it was only, or it might have been 79, where they were like, people would be out there, they'd be doing something, and people would write, you know, yell out, no, now you got to do a, a quick catch or something just to, just in order to check off the box kind of thing. Um, so that's a really abs- absurd extension of, of what it is. But that's the other thing is that I have, to fairly limited extent, because I was already mostly out of competition. I think that, to your point, the judging system is going to direct where the sport goes. And I have thought, and and I wanted to do, and you could do it now much more easily, is to take out, on the one hand, the... Um, arbitrary nature of judging to the greatest extent possible if you wanted to have a system that was much more objective um, by cataloging every catch and every throw, which you could mostly do, assigning difficulty values and so forth, not having any manipulations, and then having just a speed flow competition where you could actually judge variety and difficulty and all this other stuff according to pre-existing measures and then you could just really judge execution and maybe artistic you know putting things together if if the um, choreography was um, predetermined and I I think that that if you tried different that was just an example of a different judging format where 
you try to get a different result that than the one that you're getting. Now, you know, what I've observed is that you have pairs, mixed pairs, co-op, da 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 and it's all just different iterations of the same thing, where they should drastically alter the format and just have a catch-throw component. And I think the audiences would probably, the uninitiated audiences, would probably much prefer to see really good catch-flow, uh, catch-throw flowing uh, competition than they would the manipulation. But it would also, even if they they liked both, it would sort of set them up for, look how difficult this is after you see what the more catch-throw stuff is, and it would also make it look much more accessible to people, because like, oh, I can think that I can catch and throw it, maybe I can't do those, you know, as much, but sometimes people see the nail delay and all that is, and they just get intimidated, they don't think that they can do it at all. So I think it'd be great to have, I think that it's it's about time that they that they start to experiment with different judging formats. It's, you know, and, and to, to what we were just saying, I think the future is, hopefully, hopefully the future is a, is a long place and that a lot of, um, of the evolution of where Frisbee and freestyle can go is yet we have the whole, whole future to explore those things. So I'm not in a rush. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to move the needle because there are so many people invested in the way it is. It's, it's been difficult to try to embrace change and that that is actually a really cool path to kind of look at, um, mm-hmm. at least in the, you know, like the world championships, it kind of has just been put into this funnel, into this box. And you know, like you say, like pairs, mixed pairs, co-op, it's all kind of the iteration of the same thing. And it would be great. Me, yeah, it'd be great. Like you say, like have there be a, a flow category or have there be a battle category or have there be, you know, just somehow chop it up yeah. a bit and or have a great idea. I mean, we yeah. did battling specifically with break dancers and then in some of the shows we did we did that where we would like go boom 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 one after the other and it's a really because that's sort of like a, a a single explosive like do your best trick sort of like a circus kind of trick right and a lot of people relate to that they they can focus on one thing instead of seeing this flow and this amorphous like it just keeps going and there's no punctuation and so forth and so there's a lot of those two formats actually would be the the two formats that i would agree with wholeheartedly they should do but i think it's weird to me that some tournament director who whoever it is just doesn't create those events i'm surprised that nobody would want to just do that well i think that the fpa has to be able to how do i say this they have to be able to embrace the idea of giving a tournament director power to just kind of say this is what you're gonna you're you're allowed to do this instead of kind of it's just inverse and it's Mm. like they're i don't know what do you think about that jake um i think well it's interesting those experimental formats they've all been they've all taken place they've been taking place for years they just don't take Mm. place in the fpa sanctioned events and there's only two or three of those every year nowadays uh, but as Randy was saying, the FPA has, if you're going to do an FPA-sanctioned event and get, get funding from the FPA, then you have to follow these rules. And those rules are the ones that you mentioned, open pairs, mixed pairs, blah, 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 blah. So mm. the FPA itself has a hard time changing, even though players love experimenting with different formats. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's There's- also interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those things. Like you don't, you can't, you don't want to change it because what will that that'll dilute the history. So there's that aspect that people have a hard time letting go of the legacy. <sighs> and I'm just, I mean, it's we're a tiny group. But. I mean, give me a break, right? I mean, like you know, the 
the those of us who started the whole thing, you know, would would give them a pass on changing the sacrosanct uh, format. I think I don't think that's. I mean, I don't know anybody who would who would disagree with. I mean, I I wonder. I mean, I would be interesting to poll guys like Kirk. Kirkland was always more into like the circusy kind of stuff, but it'd be interesting to to see what what a lot of the people who are in the Hall of Fame, for instance, thought about changing the format. Mm-hmm. That'd be an interesting question. Yeah, that would be an interesting question. Yeah, you know? I don't know, and I don't know why it doesn't change. But I also think we have other challenges. Like we're we're very good at having tournaments for ourselves and watching ourselves. We're not very good at promoting. And right. like we need to have better field announcers and we need to have better commentators and we need to tell our stories a little bit more, but we're not really good at doing that because we just get so involved in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which well, that's fine. what it seems like. That's it seems for. like it became very incestuous at a certain point and the same people were doing it for a very long time. You know, to me, you know, I would want to, if I were part of the real core community, try to you know make it more accessible to more people it'll yeah. probably evolve by somebody being really you know really great at doing something different and then they'll be like wow look at that look at how great that is exactly great. that's what i think too <laughs> yeah it'll just yeah. grow up on the side someone else will step up and everything will change. well you, you know because of this uh quarantine situation this tiny room battle this online format took off i mean the viewership that happened for this mm-hmm. format was skyrocket i mean it was just through the roof right. um had whatever there was 16 different countries that were participating these new players from nigeria and they're in like in their tiny little <laughs> rooms the, the you know the colombian medellin colombia had like eight players and three of them made it to the finals and there are these tiny little rooms doing these crazy stuff you know so there's a, an example that's taking place right now because of a situation that's forced us out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Great. And I think the battle format is really good, as I say, because it's really like a singular focused thing, you know, mm-hmm. like pull out the stops, do the most spectacular shit you can do. The other thing about battling is, is that I, are they going back and forth? It's sort of like trying to up yourself from the other guy kind of thing. In the early rounds, you get one turn, so it's one one, and then in the next rounds, you go back and forth, and so. But oh, you I get see. judged so after two, each go. So, so like there's two people, and they do it, and then one guy wins that battle and and advances to the next exactly. round, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the it's like the basketball tournaments brackets. So they move from north, south, east, west, and they move into the final. Ah, that's interesting. So everybody's trying to pull off their most in, insane trick each time, then. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Or you have to judge who the other guy is. It's like, who goes first? That's the real question. Well, there is a strategy because who goes first? And let's say you don't get your throw good and it bounces off your leg. It's like, well, tough luck. The other guy can, you know, or gal can say, okay, well, all I have to do is a body roll to a catch and I'm in. Uh-huh. You know, I got to check it out. It's packaged in a way that's so accessible. And, you know, uh-huh. you're not sitting there for like nine hours and watching the same thing over and over and uh-huh. over. It's, it's cool. That's fun. That's good. So that battle thing sounds like a lot of fun. It's great. I see. There you go. Like that's the kind of stuff. I'm. I'm actually not. Not. Not to. Uh, not. I mean, the creativity about the moves and the skill level. To my perception, there's been there's been you know a lot of the same thing for a long time, and recently it looks like it's it's bumped up a bit. You know, James and some of the other guys. There's a guy from Berlin, is it? Yeah. That he played with. Graph. Yeah, it's funny because I was over in Berlin for like a while, not that last spring, and I didn't even know there was any Frisbee players over there. (laughs) There's a ton. Oh, really? That would have been fun. 
Berlin is like one of the hot cities in the world right now. There's like 50 incredibly oh top God. level players. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's big. I would have loved to have checked that out. Oh, they would have loved to have seen you, man. You could have walked up on the field. Oh, they went, hey, that's the of- Zen in the Art of Freestyle, dude. There he is. They would have, yeah. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because, you know, I when I go play Frisbee now, I'm not in good Frisbee shape per se, but I'm still like doing some pretty good athletics. I mean, I'm almost 60 and I'm still, you know, doing kiting and surfing and, and keep it up with my, you know, my son and stuff. But boy, when it comes to Frisbee, I'm not, uh, my spinning and that kind of stuff. I'm just not dialed in these days. I'm sure it would come back if I was doing it, but also, you know, the modality of the way that people are playing, I just am not, I just can't connect that, that easily. I like, I'm more of a start to throw and I have to move my way from there into it where the manipulations just start to as i say they sort of start to extend out from the throw catch and then do a little bit more and then do a little bit more but whatever so, so what do you think of that the mob op style that it, it's pretty dominant right now you know having a group of three or four and there's a lot of give and go what do you what do you think about that i think it's great i mean i think that from a um I just think collaboration is a really um, marvelous thing in general. I love that it's a an activity that is so collaborative. It's 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 pretty unique. Think about it. What other what other kind of sport has that where there's no structure, there's no competition, there's as many people can participate together in the moment, in the very moment as that. And and some incredible shit comes out of it, too. I mean, some really amazing stuff that you could never invent or plan or whatever happens. Absolutely. Um, I don't particularly, uh, you know, I just didn't grow up in that, mo- in that mold. I do. I can do some of it. But but it after a while, I, I'm not as good as the rest of the gang at doing it. And I'm sort of feel more like I'm stuck a little bit instead of feeling like I'm roaming and roving a little bit more. But um, that's probably just because I haven't, I you know, haven't been doing it that much for a while. But I think it's a really cool thing. Um, again, I'd like to see a little more diversity. You know, the disc is the disc is definitely flying around and moving in that way, and the manipulation part of it is actually a little bit under emphasized it seems like or less emphasized when you have that mob up so you know in general i think it's fascinating i love watching it yeah and for me that's where i get most of my joy these days and so it's not just doing the mob op uh, but it's also connecting to the music that's playing so the music Mm -hmm. is driving the vibe you know so if Mm -hmm. it's kind of a classical thing it's kind of you know got that classical flow and you know if it's like some heavy stuff you're kind of you know you just kind of let the music play look for the beats and find those layers and let the music really be the driver of what the action is within the group. And if you can get four people on that same page, because it's all mm-hmm. spontaneous, there's nothing planned. So you really yeah. are like yeah. musicians jamming. So you're yeah. jamming, but you're also jamming to the music to your jam. So yeah. it can be really a, a fun place to get to. I know, I know, Jake, you you like to go there as well. Mm, yep, it's one of my favorite ways to play, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, the jamming, like Kirkland, who was a jazz guy, jazz drummer, was the guy who who called it jamming. He was the one who put that name on. I don't know if that's well known or not, uh, but I'm confident he was the one who who said, let's jam. And then um, the modality between spontaneous and premeditated is is really 
always been around and people just want to be spontaneous. It's much harder to seem to get them to be premeditated about things. But I think there's a long way to go in nailing down routines. And like I started to do that because I thought it was a challenge, right? And that way you can weave density into it and you could explore those intersections and connections and really be deliberate about those. And so I not that they don't happen spontaneously in beautiful and miraculous ways, but I just liked the idea of being intentional about those and sort of weaving a tapestry of those together. And I don't think that that happens that much anymore. I'm, that's my perception anyway. I'm not sure if it's true. I've always, I've leaned into both. I really enjoy this, the spontaneity, but I also really enjoy the planned. And I, for me, I think it comes from my theater background. And so for me, mm -hmm. it's about telling a story. And, and I don't mean like, oh, we have a theme here. And that can be all sorts of different layers where the music is, the pace, but telling a story from beginning to end. So it's a four minute routine. Mm -hmm. Everything is tight, like mm -hmm. tightly planned. And I find a lot of joy and a challenge in approaching that and I think it's accessible to watch as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm not sure that many people approach it from a t storytelling perspective. I've been fortunate enough to partner with you, Randy, and I've gotten to learn a little bit about that. And it's something, not being a theater person myself, it's something that I struggle with when I'm uh, not partnering with you, trying to figure out how to turn it into a story. You know, just put a tutu on and you're good. No, I've <laughs> tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, um, you know, doing it inside is also versus outside gives you other opportunities for um, precision and, and reliability. Um, and so I sort of started to do, to think that doing it inside was a, a format that really should be distinct from doing it outside. The other thing that was really cool is um, mixing modalities, like doing it on skates and stuff. Um, there was this one series uh, there was this one concert that was done at the metropolitan opera house where they got a bunch of the premier um choreographers of the day to choreograph dances on ice skates and they opened up the entire metropolitan opera house stage and all the layers in the back which they have all these you know on most productions they have all these things going on behind the scenes and it turns out that there's this tremendous depth to the thing and they opened the whole thing up and they iced it over and they had like twyla tharp and all these you know avant-garde uh choreographers choreograph you know different things on it and it was fucking spectacular because here was these these dancers and it turns out you can do most of the things you can do on your feet on skates but you can't you can do a lot of stuff on skates you can't do on your feet and like i played i did frisbee on skates with terry and then with angel this guy from the park and that was really fun and we did some great shows and again you can do a lot of same stuff on your feet that you can do on skate i mean the skates you can do on your feet but not the other way around so also mixing up you know different uh different modalities i think would be something that would be fun to do with uh with frisbee and just to riff a little bit on what you said there, too, and I don't think that freestyle has ever really gotten the opportunity to dive into it, is to have a choreographer or have a third eye to kind yeah. of guide you and like, what are your strengths and what, you know, like kind of give you that third eye that I don't think has ever really. I mean, some people have gotten to do it a little bit, but, you know, like full on deep dive would be so cool to see. I had asked this guy, you should look him up, Michael Motion, it's M-O-S-C-H-E-N. I asked him to do that for us. 
And he was so busy being his own artist that he didn't didn't do it. But he was a master at innovating with props. Uh, you'll see his stuff is mind blowing. But I, to your point, I think that people should have co- coaches and choreographer and choreographers, and maybe the choreographer chooses the dancer and chooses the the player and and based on their skill sets. But yeah, a lot of different people have different skill sets and different ways of moving and to work within their constraints and their um, range of of talents would be really fascinating. I think that yeah. would be great. Yeah. And, you know, they, they're also bringing their creative, artistic viewpoint that's outside of what you are. Completely. So I had I got one opportunity. So there's a, a choreographer here in Seattle, I don't know, way, I was talking like 30 years ago, um, named Wade Matson. He was like, he was one of my favorite modern dance choreographers. And I loved him. And so this is back before the internet and anything. And so I called up his phone number. I found it. And I said, hi, my name's Randy. And I do this freestyle Frisbee thing. And I really mm-hmm. like you. And <laughs> wondering if you would like to kind of see our uh, Frisbee thing and have some advice. He calls back like the next day. And so Uh I got to go with Dougie Fresh, who I was playing with at the time, Doug Uh Simon. Doug Simon, I went into a a rehearsal studio with him and we showed him and he goes, wow, that is really wild. That's trippy. And he said, well, you know, I'm not sure what my thoughts are, but boy, it'd be really interesting to think about you being air and him being water and then you be fire. But it was like he approached it from such a different viewpoint that I wouldn't even thought of. You know, he was going into element so it was just that idea of like you know twyla tharp looking at ice skating and putting her spin on it you know yeah well i actually did have a guy charlie moulton who um again these guys were big time you know they were they had big careers so i I was shooting pretty high (laughs) Uh, but you know i had them look at it and like i remember once michael said can you throw it up (laughs) <laughs> like he was completely coming from a different way. So of course, you know, I threw I, I threw it way, way up there. And he was like, well, that wasn't what I was, you know, I did like a big uh, MTA kind of throw. He, 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 I don't think he expected what, what I did, but it wasn't what he was thinking. But we did, you know, we did a lot of like three disc juggling too. A whole oh, different yeah. set of things with that, that we performed with that were really challenging. And I think that doing three disc juggling all these different patterns and you can make them flow into different directions it's almost like a busby berkeley thing you can do all kinds of cool things with multiple discs that are not really that's really just catching and throwing you can start there and then you can add in you know their skips and there's a tremendous amount of innovation that still is out there using the disc that would that i'm sure will be exciting and i hope people maybe will be you know somebody who's listening to this will take it and go in different directions jerry linus and uh and I remember with him, we there were there was a a big wall along the Metro, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art that we used to throw and play like uh, this this game where we would basically just roll it along walls for a long way back and forth. And there was a sculpture down in um, in the financial district that had this this hole that it was an Aguchi sculpture, and you can. You could sort of make it roll in and fly out the outside, and like we used to throw it into the into the uh, into the band shell and make it go in one side and come out. Like you try to throw it from all the way across the seats and make it do that. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff that could be innovated with the disc still that could be their own activities. That I think uh, you know that's what's so great about it. It's just like endlessly creative. Uh, so you know, and freestyle was always the thing that was the most creative sport, as it were, of the different disc sports. I would say, 
So it's the freestyle imagination that I think was where a lot of this stuff will come from, <laughs> hopefully. Well, that's really interesting to me about what is freestyle and what it can be. And one thing that that kind of brought to my mind is that, you know, there are people out there who are doing freestyle that aren't really connected to the scene. You know, they kind of are in their own silo. And uh, it brought to mind um, this group of folks that Dave Schiller actually ran into in San Diego on the beach. And uh, there are these guys that just airbrush with a whammo regular. And that's all they're into doing. You know, they're not really into catching or doing manipulations. You know, they just got their thing. And Dave goes down there and plays with them. And he says they're amazing. So, you know, there are these people that are out there that are in their own silos that I think, you know, they're going to just break onto the scene, like you had said, and really kind of take people by surprise. And I think, I really do think that that's where we will probably see some change. Yep. Yep. Do you remember those two guys that would throw four discs back and forth to each other? And that was just, that was their thing. They could throw four ultimate discs and catch them all. Yeah. Kind of like juggling. It's kind of like, that's a whole nother type of freestyle that a lot of us don't explore. Like, what do we do with more discs? So I think you're right. Yeah, there are people out there who are playing their own style and aren't even aware that freestyle, there is already a core culture of freestyle frisbee. But I, th I think competition, it's almost like a cultural thing in a way. Like there's a certain style and expectation for what the competition is, and it'll shift over time. And sometimes it'll shift slowly like a language shifts slowly over time. And sometimes a whole new version will just pop up and take over. And I, I almost think we're seeing a little bit of that with the tiny room challenge because the, the style required to play in a tiny room is so different that we're seeing a bunch of people who are new players with skills that may not bring them to worlds, a world's title, but in tiny room, they're very successful and they're amazing. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I like your uh, analogy of it being a language. If somebody bursts onto the scene and they're kind of doing this new thing, do they go towards the current language or does the language that's being spoken now start to shift towards them? But it reminds me of another guy who kind of burst onto the scene. His name is Doc Anderson. He's back in the day, maybe in the 80s, early 80s. Um, but he was playing with a couple of his buddies and didn't really know anything about freestyle. And they kind of developed their skills amongst each other. And he burst onto the scene, took everyone by surprise. It was super flashy and athletic. He, he came with his own language. And so it was interesting to hear from him that when he saw all these people, he's like, wow, look at this. People didn't really shift towards him. He ended up shifting more towards the language that was already being spoken. So that's just sort of a, a blast from the past about languages being spoken differently. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting to look at some other sports and, and analyze how they have shifted over time and what was the catalyst to cause the shift. Because like, for example, I know that skateboarding as a sport has significantly changed where it started was a really flat thing where you stood on the board and you did handstands it was really just flat and straight and then it sort of turned more into a, a surfing type of thing and then i think it's even evolved since then so i don't know what was the catalyst to make that change but it might be interesting to see what it was footbag also had a, a shift as well went more technical kind of how freestyle has gone too it's gotten way more technical and not as much to the fundamentals of the catch and throw so interesting. It's fun to think about the future of our sport and what may or may not impact it. Yeah, it really is. You know, the, the future's bright, right? Yep, future's bright. And on that note, Jake, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.
Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee.